Today is the first Sunday of Lent, one of the seasons of the church year. Lent is more than the stuff you find in the dryer. Lent is more than the purple hangings in church. Lent is more than just a countdown to the roaring celebration of Easter. Lent is the church's yearly invitation to you and to me to get in shape spiritually. Lent is the church's yearly invitation to grow in your faith. Lent is the yearly invitation to fast, to pray, and to give to those in need. Lent is a yearly invitation to deal with the big questions. God, life, death, heaven, hell, meaning, faith. What are you doing with the time that you have remaining here on this earth? That is a Lenten sort of question. What adjustments do you need to make, painful and joyful, in your life? That is a Lenten sort of question. The first Sunday of Lent always includes a record of Jesus' temptation in the desert. Just as Jesus was tempted and prayed and fast for 40 days, so you and I are invited to reflect and to pray more regularly for 40 days during the season of Lent. But there's something very interesting about this morning's, or afternoon readings, it's from Romans chapter 10. It's some of the most famous words of Scripture in the whole New Testament. And in certain Christian traditions, everybody knows these words by heart. Perhaps not Anglicans, but in some Christian churches, everybody knows these words by heart. And it's from St. Paul in the 10th chapter of Romans, beginning at verse 9. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, and so is justified. And one confesses with the mouth, and so is saved. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of this getting saved language before. Ever, ever heard language like that before, getting saved? Okay. Now, raise your hand if you usually associate that getting saved language with other Christians and not Anglicans. Right? We often think of like the Baptists and Evangelicals who talk about getting saved. <clears throat> but actually, the question of Jesus as one's Lord and Savior is foundational to every Christian denomination, including Anglicanism. And to prove the point, open your BAS to page 154. So, Book of Alternative Services, 154. This is the questions that people are asked as they seek baptism, whether they're a kid or whether they're an adult. 
Now, the first question is renouncing Satan, then it's renouncing evil, then it's renouncing sin. But then look at the next couple of questions. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept Him as your Savior? What's the response? Do you put your whole trust in His grace and love? What's the response? Do you promise to obey Him as your Lord? So, we can see that the question of your commitment, not theoretical people, you who are sitting here in front of me, the question of your commitment to Jesus as Lord and Savior is not a Baptist question. It is an Anglican question. It is a Christian question, period. Now, let me ask you this question, and you tell me what you think. Is there a difference between going to church and being a Christian? See people not in their head? There certainly can be, of course. Going to church does not automatically make you into a Christian. Any more than going to McDonald's automatically makes you into a Happy Meal. Now keep, keep thinking about this with me. Did Jesus have disciples? Jesus did have disciples. Men and female disciples, actually. But the adventure of Christianity is not so much that there were disciples 20 centuries ago, which is good. But the adventure of Christianity is that God invites you and I to be Jesus' disciples today, now. Churchgoers are often nice people, not always. But churchgoers go to church on the weekend. Disciples are committed to following Jesus in their daily lives outside of this building. Are you a nice churchgoer? Or are you a disciple? Disciples choose Christ and Lord, as Lord and Savior not just at their baptism, not just at confirmation, not just when they're at the Sunday service, but they strive to do it in every aspect of their lives. By the way, disciples are committed to going to church. They just don't stop there. Little Eddie was telling his friend, or trying to tell his friend Billy, a joke. And here is what little Eddie said. What did the yield sign say to the stop sign? What did the yield sign say to the stop sign? Well, gee gosh, uh, Eddie, I don't know. What did it say? Well, I don't know either because they were talking sign language. <laughs> I have many bad jokes and that is an example of one of them, as you will discover. But all this talk about accepting Jesus as one's Lord and Savior is basic, highlight that with a highlight, basic Christian language. Kindergarten. And yet it is not unusual and I'm resisting singing that old Tom Jones song right now. It's not unusual, but I'm not going to... I'll spare you that, I'll spare you that. All this talk about Jesus as one's Lord and Savior is kindergarten Christian language. And yet it is not unusual at all for someone to have been in church their whole life and had never opened the window to that question of whether am I just a churchgoer or am I a disciple? 
does the Archbishop of Canterbury have to say about this topic? And the Archbishop of Canterbury is the head of the Anglican Communion, the head of all the Anglican churches all around the world. The Anglican Church of Canada, that's us, Episcopal Church of the United States, Church of England, and on and on and on. What does the ABC say about this? First of all, who is the current Archbishop of Canterbury? Everyone's tying their shoes. <laughs> the current Archbishop is Archbishop Justin Welby. It was Roman Williams. Archbishop Welby was asked in an interview, what does it mean to be an Anglican? It's really a good question, isn't it? Sometimes people ask, well, what is that about? He was asked, what does it mean to be an Anglican? And immediately, without hesitation, this is how Archbishop Welby responded. Quote, It first of all means to be a Christian. Someone who is doing what Anglicans should do will be a disciple of Jesus Christ. End of quote. Disciples choose Christ. Churchgoers don't have to choose Christ. They can just choose to go to church. Repeat after me. Disciples choose Christ. Disciples choose to obey Jesus' great two commandments. To love God and love neighbor. Disciples know that liking is optional. And love is required. Disciples know that their faith is about more than just the Sunday service. Disciples know that their faith also means how they treat their family, how they spend their money, how they conduct their jobs, how they make use of their retirement, so on. In other words, disciples understand, in short, that Christianity is a way of life, it is a lifestyle, not just a Sunday afternoon sport. Disciples also know they've messed up. But because they've chosen Jesus as Lord and Savior, they keep going. And they accept God's grace for their failures and for their sins. And for the sins and failures of those around them. Now I have just one bit of spiritual homework for the whole parish for this week. All you have to do is answer one question. One question. But you can't answer it right now. You think you can. But if you answer it too quickly, you will miss something. So you'll need to pray about it. you need to think about it. Talk to someone you trust about it. Here's the question. Disciples choose Christ. Have you? Have you?